0: So welcome to the So Wizards podcast. I'm joined today by uh, Matt Moderno and Osmond Bay. And um, this is part of the Bullets Forever triple play where we take a topic, hot topic for the Wizards, and uh, we kick it around, the three of us, on one of our podcasts, either this podcast, the So Wizards podcast, or Matt's uh, Believe in Wizards podcast, and uh, then we throw it to the same question to the bullets forever staff for a roundtable discussion. And then we also kick it out to, to you guys. And now uh, Matt's cat just jumped through the screen. You can't see that, but uh, he loves he basketball. A He's a junkie. Play. Yeah. got a four point play and um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, th- there's some good opinion there, but so <laughs> anyway, today um, our topic is going to be Cal Kuzma and his um, recent string of, of good games and um, we'll, we'll kick it around. So um, Oz, why don't you go ahead and uh, sort of tee up the question um, and uh, you know, we'll, 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 just start go from there.
1: All right. Great. Thanks for having us, Kev. Um, yeah. yeah. We wanted to start with, started off with Kyle Kuzma today. Uh, he's been on a bit of a run, like a hot streak. Uh, and just to kind of lay those numbers out over his last 10 games, Kyle Kuzma is averaging 24.3 points a game. 11 rebounds, 2.7 assists. He is shooting 51.7% from the field. So the question that we wanted to throw around is we've kind of had an idea of what the team would be it would be Beal, who would be the second guy. I think everyone assumed it would be Spencer Dinwiddie going into the season. But Kuzma kind of organically, not by I don't think it's been forced on his end, he's kind of organically has become that guy. But the question is he's a 20, I believe 26-year-old in his fifth year. Is what we are now seeing over these 10 games, is it sustainable? Is this potentially who he is? Or is this kind of just a hot streak that you see all the time in the NBA? So that's kind of the question that we wanted to bounce around each other. We, again, we have not, for, for the audience here, we don't know each other's opinions going in. Um, so we're going to kind of take it and just just run with the topic and go from there. Yeah, Kevin, so Matt, why don't you go ahead
0: and t- t- just... Uh, throw it out. Uh, You know, you you go first.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the first point of that, right. Is this a hot streak or not? I I don't think we can really answer that. I think the things he's doing, if he continues to do them will lead to reasonable production. Like I think the way he's been playing is, is a way that's productive for the wizards. Most of, most of the time, some of the shots I I still cringe at a little bit, but you're going to have that. I think with, with players like Kuzma, uh, but I think the fact that it's been like a reasonably consistent level of production for those 10 games, like of the 10, there's one 12 point game in there, but for the most part, he's been around 20, 20 ish plus points. Like, that's pretty good. Um, if it were 31 night and eight another night, and it was all over the place, like he had been earlier in the season, I'd maybe be a little less inclined to believe it's sustainable. Do I think he's a 25 and 10 guy the rest of the year? No. But if he's an 18 and nine guy, that's still a really productive player for the Wizards. I've been higher on Kuzma than most. Um, You know, I'd be curious when we get into the like the real numbers here beyond just the counting stats with Kevin, like how much we can explain away some of the context here, too. Like when I watch Kuzma, um, you know, the way he's been playing, I, I think the shot profile seems like it's been. Uh, sort of more, more beneficial to the team. Like it's less crazy heaved threes pulling up from the top of the key after he dribbles 10 times and, you know, shots from the corner or taking into the hoop or trying to get the free throw line and, and making some more free throws would, would obviously be ideal, but, uh, he he's not getting clean, easy looks that somebody's spoon feeding him, right? Like this isn't a John wall Gortat situation. Dinwiddie's not making his life easier. I think he had 29 points against the thunder and it could have been 40. Uh, if he didn't get looked off for most of the fourth quarter, which was bizarre to me too. So I, I don't know. I That's sort of a wishy-washy answer. Like, I think he's been better. Uh, do I think he'll be this good the rest of the way? Probably not.
0: So, yeah. My, my inclination is that this is probably a hot streak more than anything else. Um, a lot of what's fueled it. He, he has rebounded better during the stretch. Um and the scoring is mostly he's making two point shots at a rate that he never has in his career. His three point shooting actually during the the 10 game stretch has been um, not very good. Uh, He's 30%, 30% the last 10 games. Um, And so it's not like he's been great, but so here's the thing. And part of the reason why I think it's a, it's a hot streak uh, more than anything else is that, you know we've got five years where he's basically been right around average uh, at least in my metrics um over that entire time I mean his career best PPA is 98 um and he's he's um he did that last season and uh, in PPA 100 is average so just barely uh, below average call that average um for the full season and before he went on this um his binge, he was his PPA was uh, around ninety, so right around his career norm. And over the last ten, his PPA had been one sixty two. That kind of actually masks a little bit. It's really seven good, you know, seven games is really the stretch, um, because it's one eighty six over the last seven. His his full season PPA this season at this point is one hundred eight. So he's like right around his his kind of his. His, his norm. He's he's having a better season than than usual, but like I said, it's a lot of this is him making two point shots, and that's the kind of thing that. W- why would he suddenly have have been able to start hitting two point shots over the last say two three weeks that he hasn't hit over the course of his Can entire? Can I
2: ask a follow up question to that real quick though, Kev? like what kind it. of two point shots? I think because because I've seen from him a lot less seventeen foot you know Dirk fadeaways and more I'm um, I'm shooting somewhere around the rim and and I think some of that could be one role to coaching you know like guys can get better right like I mean guys can learn how to play and get smarter like how much I guess if he does 10 more games of this can can we start to say that like maybe that's for real at that point like just trying to figure yeah, out like yeah I mean if
0: he does 10 more games like that are that are at this level then You'd start to think that it's probably um, you know it's getting there although I would point out that I mean uh, Markeith Morris go back a few years he had a month where he played like 15 18 games at you know like a 150 155 ish PPA level and we're talking about a guy who's like a career below 100 um, and so guys do this and and so it's like um, It's it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to think that Kuzma's having a hot two, three weeks and then he's going to cool off.
1: So I've had a a couple of I kind of go back and forth on this one. Uh, Well, not to really go back and forth. I can see kind of both arguments here. On one hand, we pointed out his three point shooting. So like if this 10 game streak or seven game streak, seven good games, like you said, were based on him shooting 45 percent from three, a, a level that we know is not sustainable, I'd be a little. I definitely be aware. as like this is absolutely a hot streak. But like Matt was saying, maybe the shot profile, maybe he's attacking more downhill. Um. But at the same time, at the same time, like I, I guess one comes out down to basketball habits. What I'm at least seeing is that he's making a concerted effort to go downhill, use his size, go to the basket more, even when he does have bad games. And I would call the game against Houston last week when he went over um, eight from three. He got back to some of his habits of kind of fading away from three and he went that like, he scored a lot, but that wasn't really a good game. Um, so the question goes to me, comes down to like he has the tools at 26 years old and in his fifth year in the NBA, can he change habits? Now that's where I struggle a little bit because for years I was a fan of John, like we would watch John Wall and, and Kevin, you and I've had this discussion for years and the discussion would be, if John Wall could make these slight adjust, very correctable adjustments to his game, he could clean up a lot around the edges and be a much more efficient player. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I talked about them. And, and they were not things that were physically, like he was physically incapable of. Like for example, it was, well, one thing was like maybe clean up his shot for him. And we've seen Lonzo Ball as ball an example of someone who did that very quickly. There are other things were like move well without the ball. Things very correctable that he did not correct. So part of me is skeptical that a player will change their habits at this, you know, at this age. What kind of can a player fundamentally change the way they play in their fifth year? Um, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't, you know, there, there probably aren't that many examples, although there probably are a few out there. Second thing is this um, with, uh, with Kuzma. So he came into the league as a typical young player on a bad team. Then LeBron and AD show up in L.A. So his situation, although great from a team and competitive perspective, obviously won a title, the role that he's in, that he has been in, in year three and year four, which are really probably your, when you become who you're going to be as a pro, you're not always going to be playing with a LeBron and an AD. So maybe this is kind of where his first couple of years were leading to, um, because again, he's not playing with a LeBron, he's not playing with an AD that is a very more defined role than what he would have on a normal team. I'm just kind of hypothesizing that a little bit, like did that. And Kuzma cites that he's like, look, his role was different the last two years, but at the same time, he appreciated that time because it taught him better basketball, obviously playing with one of the all-time greats and another top 10 player. So kind of want to throw that out there is, was that kind of interruption going from bad younger player on bad team learning the league, to playing all of a sudden on the championship level team. Now he's kind of more where he would have been. Does that kind of change the perspective a little bit?
0: Um, not so much be, in part because, the, you know, his numbers for the full season this year are not very different than his career numbers, except for his rebounds. You know, he's, he is assisting a little more, making make, doing a little more playmaking, but his overall shooting numbers are about what they've been. His scoring numbers or his usage is about what the, what it's been over the last few years. I mean, the last season, for example, he played a bunch of games without LeBron or AD. They were both out for extended periods. Um, and he, he didn't really have um, this kind of performance. And so, you know, it certainly it's possible that there are plenty of examples of guys who, who bloom later in their careers, who, you know, make big leaps at 27, 28, even like their thirties, Kyle Corver's best season. Was you know I think he was like 32 when he had his best season. There are guys who do that. Um, whether Kuzma is one of those guys, we'll, we'll see. He's he's got to sustain this. I mean, he was basically yep. the same guy as he's been for the first what you know 30, 30. 32 games mm-hmm. of the season, and then suddenly over the last seven, he's been he's been terrific. So it's it's probably I I still lean more towards hot streak.
2: I think we've seen like. I, again, at least me, like even if the numbers are only good for seven of the last 10 or whatever, that's still like the 10 is where I'd put in like the, the change in style of play. And I, I think some of that's with guys out, he's been asked to do more. Like there was not much grab and go Kuzma the first 10 games of the season, you know, like um, he wasn't asked to initiate the offense. He wasn't trying to find cutters the same way. And I think, you know, there was a lot of him as like a three, if you want to like put positional stuff on it with the Lakers, but he's been small ball five for the wizards. He's challenging guys at the rim. Like, I think whatever the numbers sort of shake out to when you evaluate him, I still think like he's a more valuable player now than he's been previously in his career, because the things he's doing are things that teams look for. You want a 6'10 guy that can get a rebound and and start the break you want a guy that can guard people three through five potentially like he's a valuable archetype i I guess uh, is what i'm saying overall even if like it cools off a little bit um if he keeps doing those things it's still a thing you want and you look at the other guys that were young players on that bad lakers team like josh hart has been really good this year right like uh I mean he's been a lot better this year. Let's say that. Um, Brandon Ingram is a guy that got better once he was freed from you know the LeBron shadow of things. Like it's just I think some of this is settling into a role, finding a place where you're comfortable, finding a place where your coach values your skill set. And and I hope it lasts. I mean, I think all of us hope that he is a better player longer term and the PPA stays around 160 or, or you know, like that. Yeah that's that's to everybody's benefit um it's just it's still too kind of early to say definitively i think but i, I like the trend is all i at least
1: and he's on just for context. he's on a great contracts at 13 million per year this year and next year then i believe there's a player option so i think that adds context there um can, can i throw one, one
2: thing into that too i was like the other thing the off-court stuff has been good right like he's working one-on-ones with Denny and like trying to get better and work on different things. Um, You hear from, from some of the young guys, Hey, I talked to Kuz about this Uh, big on the film study. Here's what I picked up from Rondo and I'm passing on to other guys. Like, I think that stuff's non-trivial. You you don't hear about Kuzma taking a swing at somebody in the locker room. He's not one of the names listed in the athletic article about people complaining. There aren't post-game comments from him you know, sort of subtweeting his teammates about like their, you know, their shots and things like that. So uh, not to make it like a St. Kuzma thing, but like uh, this year's particular team, I-, I think you need a guy like that, that isn't one of the ones maybe rocking the boat a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think, Oh, sorry, Kev, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think that's actually a great point. What I was, I was going to mention that as well. He's been a welcome addition to the team. I think uh, every, every, so, like you hear a lot of the press, we we all hear a lot of the post game availabilities, the tweets, kind of the you know what the players say. And I'll give you an example, like like Brad Bradley Beal will go say after having an awful defensive game, we'll say we need to defend better. Well, it's okay, you need to defend better, you know. So, so like don't you know don't keep repeating the same thing when you're not running back on defense. Kuzma has been very refreshing, I think from in, in terms of uh what he says his kind of approach to the game he seems very mature you he has a very kind of like a good outlook on the game and i think it's been a welcome addition to the roster he says the right things he's encouraging of his young teammates he seems to be self-aware um those are things that this team definitely needs going back to his on-court play like you said it's it's just with the sample size is too small. We don't know. Like if it's 10 games is good, it's a good sign. But again, until we see 20 games to 30 games, we don't know if those habits of him playing downhill is going to last. If it lasts, there's no reason. There's no reason physically. He can't maybe not be a 25, 10, but there's no reason physically. He can't be a 19 and eight, 19 and nine, 20 and 10 type player because he has the tools to do it, but it's just, are the basketball habits, can he break the bad basketball habits and stick with the good basketball habits? That's the question that we don't have the answer to, but off the court um, and in the locker room, he seems like a great addition to the team. And, and I think that's something to build on. And you would hope that he could build on now his on court play, but we just don't know yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, to maintain this level of play is hard. You know, it's right. not that many guys do it. Um, uh, Kuzma has done this in the past, by the way. Um, I went back and looked through his game log. Um, I didn't like analyze it carefully. But he's got stretches in like two, at least two seasons where he basically did this. He played at about this level for about seven to 10 games. And then he um, and then he he went like back to basically being the guy. I mean, if you look at it like so I've, I've got his uh, little like the 10 game average. So like over the last 10 his it's 162, right? His PPA. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the start of that, his previous was 81. Um, the, the previous 10 games was the average was 81. And so, you know, it's like he's done this. This is the best he's played this year over a 10 game stretch, but you know, it's like a, a guy gets hot. It's in the question is, I mean, I agree that the, the process looks better. He's doing some things like you say, challenging at the rim, um, that kind of stuff. It's like, if, if this was something that he was going to do consistently, like why wait until year six, you know, right. why Why wait until, you know, 30, 35 games into uh, that sixth year to, to start doing it? And I, if, if you wonder a little bit, you know, it's been a soft part of the schedule and teams have been missing. Everybody has been missing guys with, um, you know, COVID and, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And you, you just kind of wonder if it's, you know, that, and if if that plays into it as well, and because it's not just the players being affected by covid you know the coaches coaching staffs are the, the video teams are all that you kind scow, of stuff scow,
2: how do you scout Kuzma if he hasn't right. played this way his whole career yeah
0: yeah yeah. and so it's just like i said I, I i'm i'm open to the idea that he's you know making this leap and he's going to become you know maybe not a 160ish but like 140 to 150ish you know solidly above average i could see that um you know but it's like a lot of this is built on making two-point shots and maybe the variety of them is different you know the quality of those shots is a little different or it could just be you know like i said a little bit of a small sample flu so,
2: let me ask you this um can, can i throw two things on yeah, that sure. real quick before we move on just i think you hit two really big things there um one i went back through a lot of game logs for this too and and there are like You'll see like a here's six games where he was like close to 30 points like multiple times. But a lot of those games were there's a five for seven from three. There's uh a, a six for six from three. You know what I mean? Like I think the shooting sort of maybe inflated some of that in at least a couple stretches that I looked at. And so I I don't know if 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 that's factored in at all. But like the fact that he has been doing this without like going berserker from three, I actually think is like a good thing. Um and then if you could do this, why not do this earlier? Like this is a guy that was a reasonable recruit. He picked Utah for whatever reason over some more <laughs> higher profile power five schools. And you know, it took him a while to figure out how to play college basketball, even like this is a kind of like a perennial late blooming guy. Uh, and I, I think it took them some time to kind of figure out how to use him. But he was like three points per game as a freshman, ten points per game as a sophomore, and then like seventeen a game or something like that as a junior. Like, you know, that that, that happens. Like, it's not the typical. This is a guy that was a first round pick because he had a meh one and done year. Um, th- this has been sort of his trend, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, um, one point just in in to to echo or to to build on that is that. One player who who did make this kind of leap after five kind of, well, four or five mediocre seasons was Bradley Beal. You know, Beal pretty much started off. He was kind of a metronome of just average, and yep. then you know he was hurt and all that kind of stuff. Younger, but then um, he he took off and he's been you know all star level basically um, ever since. And uh, so it's not out of the realm. Like I said, Beal was a little younger when he he launched, but you know, it's not unheard of for a guy five, six years in to, to make a jump. So you, you had a question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I had a question. So like, if you had to construct the argument that he, this is growth or, and like, uh, and I don't know if you looked at your doppelganger machine, like, but are there any late bloomers you mentioned Beal, but any other types I was thinking just offhand, maybe like a Siakam type, a player that you and I've talked about. Who has gone probably has is a late bloomer, but probably has become a little overrated and is on like a $40 million deal versus the Kuzma deal. But like, is that a comp? Is 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 there someone that you could lean on that, hey, this, if this is real, this is an example of who Kuzma could potentially become. And how does he go about doing that if you had to make the pro Kuzma case?
0: So if I was making the pro-Kuzma case, I'd have to go back and do some more like research on who has made those kinds of leaps, um, Siakam though, you know, his his jump was earlier in his career, um, you know, in terms of years of experience. So, I mean, the the guys who come to my deal, like, like I said, like How Corver, um, came in Boston late. Um, you think about like Chauncey Billups, who was just a train wreck for his first couple of two, three seasons. And until he got to flip Saunders, um, really it's actually the year before he got to flip, but, um, that he started to take off, but his career really took off with flip. I mean, there, like I said, there are guys who do that. Um, so if I was to make a case for, for Kuzma, I would say. One, it would be a little challenging because <laughs> like I said, so much of it is built on making two point shots at a rate that he's never made uh, made them. So th- there is, it's not three point shooting. that's aberrant. It's, but it, overall that the, the shooting is a lot better than normal. I mean, over the last ten, his effective field goal percentage is five sixty seven. You know, for the season it's five twenty three. For his career, it's right around that, like you know, five twenty three, five twenty five, something like that. So that's a much bigger sample than you know the last ten games. Where so th- that's definitely a factor. If I was to make the argument, I would sort of lean towards what Matt's talking about and more of the the eye test kind of things, where I'm looking at. Um, you know, he, he's driving more, he's attacking more quickly and decisively, less of the sort of uh, dancing around on the perimeter and trying to show off his flashy ball handling skills. Just, he's just getting to the rim, you know, getting, or attacking to the rim. Um, I'd have to look and see at the, at the, the shot quality. It seems like, like last night, he hit a pretty high number of, of, of again of two point shots, but he was, um, some of those were like those runners and those little flip shots and stuff that, you know, those don't usually go in at a high rate. So um, I'd be a little concerned about that. The, the one thing I would say um, is the rebounding looks legit. He's rebounded well all season. He's, he's done a nice job of getting through. him. I'd like to see him get more offensive rebounds, but the wizards are of that strategy where they, uh, they just, they've decided to get back instead of going to the offensive glass. They send one, out of the offensive glass. Um, you
1: know, With their transition transition defense, that might make sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like Toronto is an example of a team that sends multiple guys to the offensive glass and gets back.
1: Um, so, <laughs> must be
0: <it's> nice. Possible, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's possible. So, you don't want to strain um, so them too. That, much. that would be my my um, the the case for Kuzma is one he's he seems to be attacking more decisively, more aggressively. He seems just more decisive. Overall, the ball is not sticking with him um, and the playmaking is up as well. Uh, and, and so that's a good thing. And the turnovers haven't really gone up significantly. They haven't gone up at the same rate as assists have, um, which I think is a really good sign. And um, so that's potentially a guy who's getting it a little more. And um, the, the rebounding is is a legit thing. So okay. that would be but the case.
2: comes to mind for me here is is Karan Butler, like not to that level, but Karan was a decent scorer, like his first four years in the league. And then he took a big jump. The efficiency got better. The rebounding went up. The playmaking went up. And, and it was like, I'm, you know, maybe not the most efficient guy of all time, but like, I'm going to beat you with what I'm really good at. I'm going to hit these mid-range jumpers. I'm going to occasionally post guys up. And it, it just seemed like he figured it out. And, and maybe there were guys he he fit next to. Or then when you saw one of the other kind of big three guys go down. And I was like, oh shit, I wait, I can do more. Awesome. Let me go do that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that's like a perfect comp and, and Kuzma is going to be as good as prime Quran Butler, but like, you know, that's a guy that was around the same age in that was year five for him where he took like, you know, kind of that, that next, next jump into, Hey, I'm a fringe all-star kind of guy.
1: Yeah. Matt, let me ask you, let me ask you a question now uh, about this. So, we've seen Kuzma taking on this, taking on this bigger role and it kind of happened as guys have kind of cycled through the protocols and his role has increased. But like Kevin said, it's not as though the ball is sticking with him. I think a good thing that I've seen is it's not, it doesn't seem forced. He's putting up 25, but it's not like I'm he's just shooting it every time he gets it. It's not forced production. Even sometimes from Beale, we see it where it's like, okay, he's scoring, but because he has the ball and he's taking 25 shots, it's not, I, you don't get that vibe. It, it's, I don't think his time of possession is extremely high. I'd have to go back and look at it, but it's again, like Kevin said, it's not sticking given what we've seen of the team through 41 games at the midpoint of the season. And, um, would you make Kuzma the second option in other, like, would you prioritize him kind of in a pecking order on offense? Beal's obviously going to be number one because that's who they're, that's where they're committed. Um, would should Kuzma be kind of second in line behind him and I kind of asked that also because we're seeing we're going to see a lot more guys come back healthy now get cycled through the protocols we see Thomas Bryant's coming back today there's going to be some issues we've already seen some issues where guys are not happy when they get the ball but and even yesterday Kuzma was seven for seven in the first half why is he only seven for seven I mean we've all played pick a ball when someone's hot and just keep feeding him the ball right but like, so should there be an emphasis on giving, having the ball go through Kyle Moore because it's not sticking with him? He is being as productive as he's been. Shouldn't he be prioritized a little bit more by the, by the staff?
2: Yeah, I don't know that I would go out of my way to like force feed him looks because he's clearly established himself as the second best guy in, in the pecking order. But like, if he can keep doing what he's doing, I think you want him to keep doing that. You know, it's, it's I'd rather have him taking a 10 foot, uh you know bank shot with his feet set than i would you know call pope off the dribble yeah i mean there's a whole number of things i can point to that i'd rather see uh instead of that so i think this team's best avenue to like being a respectable offense is, is like exploiting mismatches and um i think kuzma helps you do that because because he can do a little bit of uh, of everything or you know who who do teams guard him with like Personnel changes. If he's if somebody's too small, take him in the post. He can get by a bigger guy, potentially. Like, I think he helps you do that. But if there are certain nights where, like, Harold has a great matchup, cool. Give him the second most touches. If there are nights where, hey, they're just not going to guard Burton's tight and we can get him 10 threes and he's actually going to make them at a rate he's been making them the last, I don't know, 10-ish games also, like, you do that. So I, I don't think it's been so good that, you know, this is some thing we need to force feed, uh, forever. But, you know, if, if he can do this and this is real and you have 20 more games of this, or however many games are until the all-star break. And he looks like this the whole way. Then like, I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: I mean, he's, he's already basically this season. He's already basically the second option. Um, Beal is, is number one, obviously, like you said, at, uh, what 31% usage. Then you have got Dinwiddie at 22.3. And, uh, uh, Kuzma is like 21.4. So th- those are your top three in usage. The thing is with Kuzma is so for the season, his offensive rating is 104. League average is 109.8. So he's been about what five, almost six points below average. Um, over the last 10, his offensive rating has been 111, which is a little better than average, basically average. So, um, he's playing a lot of minutes and he's, he's getting a, a lot of looks and touches in part because so many guys have been in and out, you know, you've had Dinwiddie missed a bunch of those games. Then Beal missed a bunch of those games. And, you know, I think he, what he's done is certainly warrants continuing at least that level of usage and to see if he can maintain it because if he can, then then great. You know, then, then the team probably is going to be better than, than what they what they what I would have expected. Um, we'll see. Like I said, he's done this before um, a few times in his career, where he's had these game you know stretches played really well. Um, he's he's now basically at the at the edge of as far as he's gone sustaining his level of play. So we'll see if he can sustain it for another you know even like five games. That's the longest stretch he's gone playing this well.
1: I think and it's a challenging such... part of the schedule is coming up. So we'll yeah. get a good measure of that because after the Portland game, I think they play Philly games against Philly, Memphis, Phoenix, um, yeah. Toronto. They're going to be some good tests for him. Yeah, curious.
0: absolutely. I'm... Go, ahead. Go ahead, Matt. No, please. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, with the schedule coming up, um, I texted you guys this before, but they've got 11 straight games where they are favored in one in my um, in my, uh, you know, prediction machine, and they are have no better than coin flip odds even in that one. So you're talking about 11 games where they don't have any better than coin flip odds. Odds are they'll win more than one, but it's it's a it's a rough stretch. It's a challenge, not brutal, but it's it's a challenging stretch. If they go, you know, 500 issues, they win four or five out of that. That's a pretty good stretch.
2: I just want to throw your question back at you, Oz, but, but, sort of slightly tweak it. Has he done enough for you to consider him sort of the de facto number two guy, at least like in clutch time, right. In like the final five minutes of a game, I feel more confident with what Kuzma's done in those stretches than pretty much the other guys on the team. Like I, I can't bank on consistent, uh, Caldwell Pope banked in threes mm-hmm. to win us games, but Um, you know, actually Caldwell Pope has shot reasonably well in crunch time. So I'm not going to knock him too much, but like, that's probably not what you want offensively. But I think in terms of like who you want, taking shots down the stretch, I think Kuzma has been pretty good at that all season. So I, at least like that, what curious what you think.
1: And I, I think I, I, I'm at the point kind of with watching this roster that it's almost as if less is more and which ironically is a tweet that Kuzma had and who knows what that was in reference to. Um, that could be like, if he had one bad game where he was trying too much and maybe he was just kind of referencing, I think kind of his shot profile, that game and keeping things simple. But um, I am at that point. I mean, you see with, with kind of the, the backward combo with Beal, Caldwell, Pope and, and Dinwiddie, they're what together, they're much less effective than they are when one or two people are off the floor. Um, and i th- and i think just overall with the roster that's kind of that's kind of my take on the season like if you have more defined roles if you have i kind of we talked last week's topic was Beal at point guard like so if you have Beal in that lead guard role with maybe Kuz as a as a number 2 and then role players around them players willing to embrace their roles i think offensively they'd just be as effective as they are with everyone kind of trying to get their own offense so I am at a point where I am just kind of tired of seeing players go beyond what's in their bag, what's in their kind of skill set. Stick to what you're good, good at Do what you do. Ideally, everyone will play in Caldwell Pope and then like people, they could all mess together, but there's definitely some like guys going beyond what they're comfortable with. They were just kind of like, Oh, it's my turn on this possession to take a shot. There's definitely some of that in play. So I would like, more defined roles and actually some trimming of the rotation from West Unsell junior going forward. And if that leads to Kuz being kind of second, the second option. Great.
0: Yeah. I, I think I like the one, I very much like the idea of trimming the rotation. I don't really believe that the I'm on record with this, that the depth is not really um, like super deep. It's just a bunch of kind of average guys. So I would trim the rotation down um, and, try to focus on winning in a sense, the, um, you know, the COVID stuff and some injuries kind of forced them to do that a little bit over the last few games. And it's, I don't know if that's been better or not. Um, You know, Avdi's injury last season kind of forced Scott Brooks to um, trim the rotation down, um, forced him to play uh, Neto. And so they, they actually ended up getting playing better because of that in part, just because they got a more productive guy on the floor. For more minutes, so you know it's it's not like anybody on the team has has really uh, you know the guys who are sort of more towards the bottom of the rotation have really jumped up and done anything to demand playing time. Right. Um, so that's definitely something that I I like the idea of uh, is is cutting down the rotations and um, seeing what they do in terms of Matt's question about you know the the end of the game um, last five minutes et cetera. One of the things that I think has benefited Kuzma throughout his career, um, you know, he's his three point shooting in the clutch throughout his career has been uh, a little better than his norm. Um, It's not a huge difference. I mean, we're talking about the difference. I actually did the math on this four makes over the entire course of his career Um, in clutch. That's the difference in his three point shooting. The rest of his numbers are basically exactly the same as his career, career numbers. He's just kind of kind of got his. But Playing off the ball, it's like I wouldn't want to ISO Kuzma on the wing and clear out and say, okay, go get us a bucket with, you know, you're down two with 30 seconds left in the game. But and, and he's had a lot of success playing off the ball and Beal kicking to him or Dinwiddie kicking to him. Somebody, you know, making drawing the defense in and then kicking to him so that he can hit. Same thing with KCP. You know, he's hit a fair number of threes uh, in late, late in games as well. And I think that both of those guys are better – in that secondary role where they're, they're off the ball and uh, they're, they're getting uh, maybe not necessarily an open look because, you know, but they're getting at least semi-open looks um, where they're playing
2: again, off the ball. Yeah. Definitely don't want to like clear out for him and have that right. be your whole offense in, in the final minute. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I would trust him more to like attack a closeout uh, than I would exactly. KCP yeah. at this point. And at least he's got a better chance of shooting over somebody too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Kev. I think you said it well. It's it's the attacking playing on a secondary role. He's doing things cleaner in in that secondary role. So keep him in that role. Make sure he still gets his shots. And like, uh, yeah, definitely don't clear the floor so that he could go ISO because that's where you see he tries a little too much, and then all of a sudden you get those high turnover games. Yeah. Um, one question I wanted to ask. Uh, one more question for me, and it's not actually a question for me. It's uh, I've noticed. I, I saw it on Twitter. And one of our contributors um, and a guest on this show, I think a original founder on this show, Ben Becker, has asked the question, should they cash in on Kuzma now, given how he's playing, his value will never be higher. Um, I kind of have an, I have an opinion on that, but I wanted to kind of put that out there. I thought it was an, an interesting question. And yeah, just an interesting question overall, given how he's playing in his contract.
0: So I, I'll go first. and. I would say they should they should be considering that. I think this team needs a consolidation trade where they take some package up some of these average guys and send them off, hopefully, to get a small forward. Because I think if they got a like legitimate small forward, um, they could shift um, KCP into that more reserve role. They wouldn't have to play Meadow and Holiday. And just the team improves by getting those guys. I mean, is shooting, what, 25% from three this season. He, and he keeps on shooting it, um, which I guess he has to, you know, if he's going to be on the floor, he's got to take the shot, right? Um, Holiday is just not that good. He never has been. And really truthfully, that's the same with Neto. So um, I think Kuzma has got to be in that mix of guys that you're willing to trade. Um, I would prefer to trade guys like Bretons and, you know, Montrezl Harrell and, or Thomas Bryant. Um, and then some mix of, I don't know, Achimura, I'd have Avia, you know, part of that package as well, um, just to see what you can get, where, where interest is. Mm-hmm. If um, Kuzma has the most value, then you know that's the guy that you would. I would, I'd be willing to part with. Yeah, I'm totally. But I, mean, I do think that, like, where he is in terms of contract and production, even if he's like league average, playing 32 minutes a game, you know, that's still a good value on his contract. So, yeah, I wouldn't be in a rush to to cash in on him, but I'd be willing to.
2: Yeah. None of these guys should really be untouchable at this point. Like he's, he's higher up the list of guys. I wouldn't want to see them trade unless it like considerably makes them better. But I'm not saying Ben is doing this by asking that question. I think it's a really fair question, but one of the things that's like been kind of like grinding my gears as an old man, shaking a fist at a cloud here, like lately is, is this notion of like other GMs are stupid, right? Like we see all this thing that other GMs don't. Should we should we sell high on Kuzma because he's had 10 really good games? Like other GMs are gonna be equally skeptical of the sample size that all of us just were for the last 45 minutes. So is the offer you're getting for Kuzma radically different than the offer you would have gotten for Kuzma 10 games ago? I, I wouldn't imagine so. If he does this for 15, 20 more games, then maybe you get to that point. I just don't like I, the selling high now after a small sample size doesn't really seem to track to me. Again, I don't know, maybe you've got some GM, like the Kings GM is like sitting there and twiddling his fingers. Like I got to get Kuzma. And and then (laughs) if you get a, if you get a bargain for him, you do it. (laughs) But I would imagine, you know, they're having similar conversations. They're looking at it. They're keeping an eye on it. Good value. He's an intriguing player, but most of those things were true a month ago too.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I think part it's it's twofold the answer there. One, if you're committed to Beal, which they are, I like there's no point in us having that should they trade Beal argument because there's no indication that they're not committed to Beal. So let's just go under that assumption. So assuming that we're we're on track for a Beal five year $230 million contract this summer, let's just work off that assumption. You're not trading Kuzma for picks because that doesn't doesn't that's contradicting contradicting, um, I don't know what the right word is, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, their game <laughs> plan, not the strategy, right. right? Yes, contradicting strategy. So like that doesn't make sense. Now, I guess you can trade him. I 100% agree with Kevin. A consolidation trade is needed on this roster. Um, I just don't know with Kuzma, like what do you, like can you get an all-star type? Can he be a part of a package for a Sabonis type player? Then you consider it. I would not put him in a package for a Jeremy Grant because are you getting any better you might even be getting worse, you know? So there's no point in doing a trade for like that type of player. It has to be for, as part of a package, for an all-star type player, if you're gonna include Kuzma and quote-unquote cash in at this point. There's no, like, otherwise it's just, it's just pointless. It's just moving pieces around for no reason. Um, separately, what I would say is, again, if the contract's a good value, you keep them there. There are other players, like Kevin said, that I would focus on first that like, I think they're, they're going to have an issue at the center position with Thomas Bryan back. You have three players who are not in developmental phases. Well, they are develop, but they're not players that can sit and learn. They need to play and learn. So they're, they're going to have to do something there. They're going to have to do something. They have a glut of forwards. There are other players that I would put higher on the list. Like you said, Matt um, and a consolidation trade is needed. I don't think I would start with Kuzma though, unless he is the driver to get an all star.
2: Yeah. Like, would you do it for John Collins? Like, Collins makes two and a half times as much money per year as Kuzma. And is he really that much better? Like, you know, and you'd probably have to throw in more assets. Like, I really like Collins, but am I doing Kuzma and Rui and a pick to get Collins? I wouldn't do that.
0: I, I would, I would. I think Collins is a lot better, than mother, but um, maybe I'm just a, in a minority on
2: that. I know. I really like him too. I'm just saying you have to give up a lot more in that trade for a guy that, you know, defense is spotty. He makes a ton of money. He's been largely unhappy. like, you know what I mean? Like it's it just, it's, it's a question mark for me too, is what's the level of improvement you can get from Collins at this point? I, I would do it for, I, you know, a better player, but.
1: Yeah, I think I would want a known quantity. Like with a Sabonis, you're getting a known quantity. Like you know what you're getting, you know what you have to work around, you know what you know, you know the player. So I think I would do it for a player like that. I'm not sure what other All Star. type. I mean, here's the thing. Just
0: back to Collins real quick. Is Collins, yeah. at least again in my PPA metric, he's been about as good all season as Kuzma has been over the last ten games, seven games. Agreed.
2: Agreed. So yeah,
0: you know it's like he he is significantly better.
1: But but so he's that's better. What, but I would I would be wondering why is Atlanta in the situation they're in. That's what I was going to say. And too, So I'd though, have to okay. dive further yeah. into that before yeah, yeah. opining on him.
2: And like um, part of that was couched with if this is sustainable from Kuzma. If you see this from him close, like from now until the trade deadline, I, I don't think the gap is as big. That I would want to yeah. put other assets to Kuzma yeah. if he regresses to it, normal. Kuzma. One advantage,
0: or... one thing I think that the Wizards, you know, might be interested in that kind of thing. Again, just this is hypothetical with Collins. Tommy is big on uh, when I used to talk to Tommy um, under contract was like a really big thing with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Collins is signed at, at right. minimum for what four or five more seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's it. So back to why Atlanta's not good is basically Atlanta's got three good players. Um, this season, uh, you know, Capella, Trey Young, and and um, Collins and you know, Reddish has not been good. DeAndre Hunter has been hurt and bad. Um, herder has been bad. Niblo Gallinari's been really, really mediocre, and he's been hurt too. I mean, they just—I'm looking down their list. Bogdan Bogdanovich has not been that good. Kevin Herder's not been that good. Mm-hmm. It's just they—they've had a bunch of guys playing not well, and so. That that's why they've got three players who are good and everybody else stinks.
1: <laughs> so we agree we would not trade Kuzma for Grant, right? Yes. All three of us? Yes. We would trade him for Sabonis. Kevin is all in with, he would do Collins. Matt and I would. I, I really like Collins
2: too. It just depends on what the rest of the it. deal I, looks like. For
0: yeah. That. I mean, I agree. Right. It, that's the thing. If it's a, assuming that it's a reasonable deal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's like Atlanta says, <laughs> okay, give us uh, Kuzma and Hachimura in three firsts, then
2: it's like, forget it. But if
0: it's... Guzman yeah. um, and Todd. Kuzma and,
2: and Yeah.
1: You know. And I think that's the other issue that, well, obviously the issue that Wizards Twitter seems to not, like when, with all these hypothetical trades, the Wizards owe a pick to OKC. And that pick has protections. So in doing any trade with future picks, as we all know, they have to get OKC to agree that they're going to take the pick, no protections, like lift the protections. So there's going to have to be something going to OKC. There's going to have to be something. And then the next pick they'd be able to trade, I believe, is what, 2025? So if any pick goes out, even just one, their next tradable first round pick wouldn't be till 2027. Does that sound right? I think that's right.
2: 2027 or 2028. Right. I can't remember what Yeah, the-
1: I
0: think it's, yeah, I can't remember, but it's, uh, yeah. Is it OKC or Houston?
1: Uh, Houston traded it to OKC okay. for oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I missed
0: that. Never no, forgot that. Or whatever. <laughs>
1: So there's some complications in any in any trade involving picks. So yeah, you'd have to be you're that's kind of if if any pay, if any trade involves picks, that's kind of they're all in this is our final move type thing.
2: Yeah. Unless you can flip some of these other guys on the margins for picks before that or something, mm-hmm. I mean, but right. but you know, as it stands mm-hmm. like and I'm, I I differ slightly with you guys on the like consolidation thing. Like I'm I'm all for it at the deadline I wouldn't be in a rush to have less bodies like even if they're all sort of marginal bodies I'm still terrified about another month of like getting wiped out by COVID and I I, you know Kevin and I have talked enough go-go I don't need to see Jaime Eschenike playing real (laughs) minutes for the Wizards uh anytime in the near future but you know if if Omicron looks better a month from now and you're not losing a lot of guys to protocols all the time like get some of these dudes out of here let's do it
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I will say though that I, while I understand that, I'm also of the mind that you know I I wouldn't hesitate to make a, a longer term deal. Yeah,
2: agreed. If, yeah.
0: You know, if it's the right deal, plan. you do
2: it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the, I, I agree. That's a, that's a consideration that needs to be you know kept in mind is that um, <laughs> we are in unprecedented times. So. Um, So I think we've pretty much hashed this out. Um, You know, we don't really know what he's going to do, but so far, you know, the last seven to 10 games have been impressive. And uh, the Wizards surely are hoping that he keeps that up. Um, Any parting shots before we uh, wrap up? Anything else you guys want to bring up? All right. Well, we will... (laughs) it up there and uh, visit Bullets Forever for for the staff roundtable on this topic and uh, to weigh in with your opinion.
2: And suggestions for the next one. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. All right, we're out.